and welcome to Nintendo Nostalgia, episode 166. I am your host, Ryan Black, and I am joined by my co-host, Joshua Taylor, and we are back, and we are playing with power. Josh, how are you doing this week? I'm doing quite well. And yourself? I'm great, man. Uh, a little hot up in this uh, recording space, so uh, bear with me. I won't make it through. It was a nice hot day out here. I don't know what it was like in Indiana, but I think it was mid-60s or almost 70 here. Yep, it was the 60s here. Sweet. It's my kind of weather. I kind of forgot to turn off the heater up here. That's why it's so hot. Ew. Yeah, I know how that is. Oh, well, um, it's been an interesting week. Um, we'll get into that with the Radical Rex scene. But uh, I hope that you have been well and avoided avoided all this uh, coronavirus craziness. <laughs> we have. Um, in my office, there's seven people in the room I'm in. And four out of the seven of us were sick last week with like a stomach bug kind of thing. Uh-huh. And I was one of the survivors. Awesome. So At least yeah. so far. <laughs> yeah, I've been washing my hands like crazy and lots of hand sanitizer and just trying to keep up with it. We had a couple customers come in that got delayed because they were in countries that were that had the, a problem, uh, Italy. And uh, so, yeah, it was just been kind of uh, I went like on a cleaning spree after that and sanitized everything that I could. So <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's talks of like conventions and meetups and stuff being con canceled and we might not have e3 this year because of the virus and it's just kind of crazy but uh you know <laughs> i might not get to go to japan we might not have the olympics there's just some some silly stuff that this is affecting but you know it's it's just you know we don't want it to spread you don't want it to become a worldwide you know i guess pandemic <laughs> it's already spreading enough as it is so and it's killed quite a few people so it's scary yeah i'm i don't know it's it's scary, but I think some people get a little panicky over it. But oh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a threat. You know, we've got a couple cases here in Indiana now. In fact, one that's just uh, maybe like 20 minutes north of where I am. Yeah. So uh, it's a little concerning, but uh, I see that you guys don't have testing kits. Is you're one of two like two states that don't have them yet. <laughs> of course. Yep. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're uh, we're on the alert here. So anyway. Enough about this depressing news that's weighing on everybody's mind. Let's get into what we are Radical Rexing about. Okay, Josh. So, is there anything you're Radical Rexing about? Yeah, not getting sick. No, actually, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, you know, I feel like I never have anything all that exciting to bring. Um, I'm getting, I need some big life awesome thing to happen. Um, yeah, I, I mean... Just kind of cruising along, doing the reviews, trying to keep up with everything on the show. We do have, I'm, I'm, I am excited about, um, I don't really want to say it, but a couple episodes we have coming up. Um, have some special guests coming, so I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. Preparing for that. Outside of that, really, just from a gaming perspective, I guess, just kind of floating along, waiting until Animal Crossing, playing Mario and Sonic still at the Olympic Games, as funny as that sounds, and... Mm-hmm. Just a little bit of everything. Getting through the rest of King Knight's campaign in Shovel Knight, actually. Yeah, very nice. Because I had poked at it a while back, and then somehow it's like it kind of got to the wayside a little bit. So now I'm back into it. Get to finish that playing thing a little up. bit of Lucky Steel? Yeah, that was mostly my daughter. I, I, I fully completed it a while back, and she, she hadn't played it in a while. She has a little file. I let her jump on there, and we played that together for a little while. It's a good one. Uh, that's definitely my sort of game. Mm-hmm. Did you just recently start it, or yeah, I'm yeah, to remember? 
Yep, just started it. It's I'm trying to play it intermittently while getting distracted by Pokemon and other things, but it's fun. I, I, it's a little slower, uh, slower pace than I want a platformer to be, a 3D platformer. But I mean, it's even slower, I, I would say, than some N64 games. So that's saying something. <laughs> but I think they slowed it down to be more accessible for kids. Yeah, it is in some ways, but I, I enjoy it. I, there's parts of it that are really just fun when you get to them. Yeah, that's about it. Okay. I've been uh, just chomping at the bit for this Animal Crossing thing that's coming. You know, just yeah. a week and a couple days. You know, I've got uh, Friday is when the Animal Crossing Switch comes out, uh, Friday the 13th. And uh, I'm going to go pick that up for my wife. It was a Valentine's Day gift. Mm. And then I would get to do the, the whole system transfer thing again. Woohoo. Um, and then, you know, a week later we get our Animal Crossing and that's going to be a lot of fun. I did not request that Friday off. I don't know if I'm going to. I, I may, I may just because you know that's kind of a big deal. <laughs> I don't have enough days off, or I would trust me. That's going to be great to jump into. I know my wife's going to be like years ahead of me because of my work hours, and should be good still. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm banking on the fact that I'm going to enjoy it, and it's going to keep me occupied to the next big release comes out for Nintendo because they haven't really announced anything. And you know, Xenoblade is coming sometime but i don't know what else i'm just kind of hoping that animal crossing really does tide us over to whatever they have coming and there's a direct uh maybe a week after animal crossing releases or something you know something anything <laughs> you there <laughs> <laughs> this draw is uh for nintendo directs is crazy um but also we're not guaranteed a direct i mean we've got new leadership um with doug bowser not to say that he does doesn't have anything on the global scale like say necessarily but you know maybe they're scaling back right now and not doing as many directs or they're just kind of building up what they can say um, maybe they're waiting for some dev teams to get some more stuff together for it maybe they don't have a lot to say this year maybe this is their slow year which is cool with me i mean we've got a lot of games to play so i wish they'd give us something i think if we got another indie direct here soon that would kind of tell us hey you know they don't have any big huge titles this year to announce uh, at least not in the first half of the year who knows? Might be wrong, and we'll have some awesome things coming our way. I know we've got a couple of Pokemon expansions throughout the year, Pokemon Sword and Shield, so that's something really cool. I did start out Pokemon Let's Go and just kind of went on a binge today, or I should say, I continued where I left off. I beat the first gym and then put it down for months and months, and I uh, picked it back up again uh, today and got all the way through to Fuchsia City. I kind of powered through and just went there as soon as I could just so I could get my Meltan uh, rolling on Pokemon Go because those are the only two Pokemon I'm missing in uh, Pokemon Home. I was able to transfer one Meltan over to Pokemon Home, so I just have uh, Melmetal hmm. to get in there and I'll have everything. Apparently, you get a really cool oh. color uh, Magarna if you uh, have completed your decks, so I'm excited to get that in there. It's going to take 400 candies, and walking is near impossible to get all the candies, so you have to do this other method where you use this box and you walk like for half an hour, you can catch. Meltan every like I don't know how long it is, um, but you just go bas- basically go crazy catching Meltan and throwing all your pineapple berries at them to get as many candies as you can to get to 400 uh, to evolve into Melmetal. I'm just kind of working on that. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I'm hoping that this can go pretty fast. I'm almost tempted to start up a copy of the Let's Go Pikachu that I got my wife and see if I can get to Fuchsia City on that one so I can speed up the process, get double the boxes. Because um, you can only use one box per game per week. 
Um, but if you have two games running, then you can get two boxes per week, and that's speeded up. But I don't know if I'm that crazy yet. <laughs> I'm not that desperate, but I can I can wait a little bit. That takes some dedication. I don't have all that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did play. I'm playing a little bit more Pokemon Go as a result. I got my uh, I got Melton as my buddy Pokemon, and I walked a lot, and I got all the hearts, all ten hearts on the buddy system yesterday. I believe it was. I ended up going on like a hour-long walk with my dog and just just knocked it out the, the three hearts that you need for the distance traveled i had a good time with that and it didn't really it's kind of anticlimactic i didn't get anything when i got all 10 hearts no like achievements or anything like that or medals but still i felt accomplished that i did that so now i'm just kind of trying to get that that grind down to finish up getting that last pokemon i need for my home and then after that i'll pretty much have, be an animal crossing season i mean that's all i'll do that's all I'll talk about. That's all I'll breathe and sleep and maybe eat. <laughs> Jacob's going to love that. Uh, I'm trying to convince him to get in. I really <laughs> am. Like, seriously, like, make your own DK Island, you know, just kind of tempting him there. I've been throwing around names. Got a little list on my phone going. It's, it's going to be so hard to just stick to one. I always name my town Chizodia. That's what it's going to be. Um, that makes it easy. Got to see what I'm going to do this time. I don't know. I mean, I love collecting. That's, like, my biggest thing, so... Fossils is probably my favorite to try to complete, but you know, there's I, I kind of get last gen uh, with New Leaf. I got into the whole gyroid thing, and uh, it was kind of cool to play music and then have the gyroid get the right gyroids to play the certain sounds at different times on the beat and stuff. It was kind of cool to get them all to sync up. Um, and I'm kind of curious if there's many gyroids in this game. I don't know if I've heard any confirmation of that in this game. I think it would be a a miss if they did skip that though and the way that they've been doing it but who knows they may change it up um i hear it's pretty a lot more popular in japan to get those gyroids than it is in america so who knows huh i think that's going to bring us to the end of what we're at gorexing about as you can think of anything else nope we'll just keep on rolling <laughs> all right uh keep on rolling ha 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 so that uh, was an accident <laughs> So uh, let's get into the topic for this week, um, Super Monkey Ball. Yeah. All right, Josh, when was this game released? This game was released in 2001. It looks like, if I remember correctly, September the 14th. Okay, and was that Super Monkey Ball and not Monkey Ball, correct? That's Super Monkey Ball. Okay. Monkey Ball was the arcade game. It was out in 2001, too, I believe. Oh, okay. Before Super Monkey Ball on the GameCube. So, uh, what were your initial like memories for this game? So, this is one um, that I actually didn't own, but I'm wanting to say my dad did. I know they did. I actually tried to look for it recently there and couldn't find it. But, anyway, I remember going there and playing it a good bit. It was... One of those first times again, kind of like a Sonic Adventure 2 battle. I felt like I felt it more of that since it was Sonic. But this was one of those first ones where it's kind of weird to see Sega on a Nintendo box. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was one of the first things I noticed about it. But yeah, it, it's, it was definitely something unlike anything else I'd really played before it. <laughs> Even now, being 30 years old, I've always loved like the mascot platformer kind of stuff the 3d platformers but it's mm-hmm. not really that it's but it, it's it's sort of a puzzle game mixed with that mm-hmm. it's it's really hard to describe like even to this day i'm not sure if i could compare it to 
to much of anything else. It's hard to describe the genre it would be a part of. But mm-hmm. yeah, I just um I remember it being a pretty good looking game at the time. Um I think a lot of that still holds up today if you play it. Um at least on the right T V anyway. Uh, unfortunately since they don't have an H D version of this one, but yeah, I remember putting a good bit of time into it. It's got a lot of charm to it. The menus, the music, the um, the narrator. It's very unique. Mm-hmm. I think it still is to this day. So uh, this was uh, Sega's first like game on the system. And one of, one of their earliest, if not the first, third-party games when they decided to leave their Dreamcast behind and become a third-party developer. And they converted this over from Arcade. And uh, original Arcade had... Uh, like a banana joystick. Uh, I was, I never really got a chance to play it in the arcade at all or find it there. I, I remember getting it. I can't remember if it was at launch or shortly after. I, I want to say it was like a rental that I eventually bought. Um, but uh, the uh, extra stuff, the four player stuff, the multiplayer stuff is what brought me back to the game. Though my earliest experience with these types of games actually takes me back to when I was a little kid with my grandparents. They, uh, they had these, a bunch of these like wooden, like boxes uh like puzzle boxes with like little steel balls in them and you like rolled it around and tried to avoid the holes to get it to the center of the maze and uh i just i loved playing with those as a kid and so when i heard that there was like a video game version of that um i had to get this super monkey ball and play it and so i rented it first and then i I know i owned it eventually at at that point i want to say it was a game crazy pickup i remember it being a game crazy box it wasn't the actual box that it came with it was their filler you know their, their placeholder box um but it was really cool to play that type of game in a video space just brought back a lot of memories of me as a child playing these old wooden maze games um it was really cool um it's kind of a balancing act and uh i remember there was a snake game that i played at our local uh arcade slash no, it was called great times anyway kind of like a discovery zone or something like that uh, like a Monkey Joe's type thing. Um, Chuck E. G's, maybe. Um, but yeah, it's called Sidewinder, and you had to try to get the steel ball to the end of the, the snake by tilting it back and forth and using gravity and stuff. And so that's what it kind of brought back as I was playing it, uh, that memory, even even more than just the, the maze games of uh, my grandparents. So uh, that's kind of my early experience with the game. Um, now let's go ahead and get into... Um, what exactly is the game? Um, some of the things that give it its charm, and then we'll get we'll dive into some of the more like details later um, on extra features and things. So um, this game initially, uh, it, it, the coat that they gave it, um, it was going to be like just a straight ball, but it didn't. It lacked character. It was kind of boring rolling around just a ball. So they decided to make the ball clear and put a monkey inside of it. Um, I guess there was this, uh, was it Minaka, I want to say? I can't remember the person's name. Um, um, person that designed these monkeys, and they had to put bigger ears in the monkeys to make them look cuter. Uh, but yeah, they put them inside this, basically, a hamster ball. And uh, gave them that character, made a really cute game that was marketable. And uh, they uh, <laughs> they actually got away with some stuff. Or, or rather, they... Uh, they put some stuff in there they probably shouldn't have. Um, the bananas were branded uh, Dole Bananas, and I don't mm-hmm. think that they had the rights to that um, because they actually had to remove that out of when they released the deluxe version of the game. 
Um, but it was kind of cool. Like that was something that also made it more credible to me was the fact that they had name brand bananas in it, which is, I know it's silly, but. (laughs) Yeah, that was actually one of those things thinking back. um, That was really weird to me. You know, I grew up like strictly on Nintendo systems pretty much up to this point. And that was definitely something you never saw, like, you know, in a Mario game or, even the stuff Rare put out, like Banjo and things like that. You know, you never saw real-world stuff. So that was that was one of the first times I remember seeing that in a game like this. So that was... It was pretty cool. It, it made it feel like it was, like, part of the world. I don't know how else to describe it. But at the time, it, it felt like it was a little bigger than maybe what it really was. I like it when they do stuff like that. Um, and most notably, like... Pikmin, uh, I want to say Pikmin 2, maybe? Um, you had a lot of, like, real-world items in there, and they looked yeah. kind of name-brand and stuff. I thought that was kind of cool. And so, like, I, I like seeing that stuff in video games. I don't know why. Um, it seems weird. Just something you, you identify with and recognize. Hey, I use that every day, or I see that every on a daily basis. And now it's in my game that I enjoy, you know? So it's cool too. to see the bananas in there. <laughs> yeah, um, Pikmin 2 definitely got a lot of that it's it's really cool <laughs> like it was like i remember going back and playing that and i was like i don't remember all this stuff being just straight up real junk like for the most part <laughs> it was weird not to get up too off topic but yeah you know it's it's weird to have this gravity physics-based game um it's it's part what pinball um part maze part puzzle um and sometimes part racer <laughs> if you're playing different mm-hmm. different like game modes and stuff. It's kind of cool. Um, there's a lot you can do with just rolling around a ball. They did bring uh, to the front, first and foremost, a, a game model that was progressively harder as you played it. And you never really felt like it was unfair. Um, whenever you'd fall off, you knew it was all because you didn't pull it off right it was a it was the player that made the mistake and so you go back and you want to play it again and get it right that second time and it always built upon itself and helped you get better and better and better at it learning the new mechanics and new physics and things that you can do um that was something that gave the challenge to it i don't believe it's a super long game but it's got a lot of difficulty levels you can play through the game on different different settings um if you got perfect on the regular settings and it unlocked like even more like stuff that you can do like harder stuff um and this is just all single-player fun, you know. <laughs> uh, there were some select uh, multiplayer stages that you could do, um, kind of like a race-type thing to get through the mazes. Um, there were just, like, ones in this... I think they pulled even straight from the single-player stages, just certain ones. Um, but it pitted two monkeys against each other, you know, racing each other. Um, now, when they did port this game over, they introduced another character to make it four players, because they had three initially, I'm not about to say their names. They're kind of ridiculous. <laughs> but uh, they added Gon Gon. Aye, Mimi, Baby, and Gon Gon. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, they added the extra character to, to round it out to the four players so you can have your multiplayer. And um, and with this game, all they had to do was port it from the arcade. The game key was really easy to, to really convert to. Um, and also, I guess, internally... Uh, Sega team that worked on this game didn't like the other systems very much. So uh, they were perfectly happy to work with Nintendo on this. So it was kind of cool that was 
kind of the early budding uh, relationship with Nintendo that, that brought us the Sega, the Sonic Adventure 2 battles and things like that, um, that we love so much. And I'm glad that this game did relatively well for itself. Um, um, you know, when they made this game, uh, there wasn't a lot of extra development that needed to go into porting it. So they were able to spend all their time on the multiplayer aspects and make those fully fleshed out and their own kind of standalone mini games and games and stuff so that you don't feel like you're shorted. Yeah, one of the ones that really stick out um, when it comes to the mini games and multiplayer and things like that was, uh, is it, I think it's Monkey Targets. You remember that one? <laughs> That's the one I didn't play very much of all of them. That was the one that I avoided. So what was it yeah, like? So for those that don't know, yeah, you would roll down. I'm trying. I'm getting some of it mixed up here, but I'm pretty sure this is one that you would roll down like a um, a big ramp, and then you'd rock it off into the air, and your ball would open up, and you'd try to land on a uh, on a target. So, and and while you're flying through the air with your, it's it's really hard to explain without showing you. It sounds really insane, which I guess it is. But while your like ball is open and you're using the sides as just like, I guess a glider, you can fly into bananas and other little things and balloons, and then you close it up to land as close to the middle of a target as you can. Um, and I thought that was a really fun multiplayer one. I remember spending a lot of time on that one. Yeah. That um, one in Monkey Billards. <laughs> for those who aren't really picturing it, it's kind of like the party ball in Smash Brothers. Um, where the way it opens up, it splits into two halves, but the monkey is kind of strapped to the two halves, opened, and it kind of becomes like wings that flap. I don't know if they flapped or if they just kind of like glided, um, but... Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of the idea of it. Uh, it's a spherical ball that, that breaks open into two halves. Um, it's similar to Pokeball in that ma- in that aspect, I guess. <laughs> Which is kind of funny that they never did anything like that. Like again, of course, they have to get you know get permission, of course. But um, you know that'd be an interesting mechanic if we saw future actual iterations of Monkey Ball. But we'll get into the future section later. <laughs> um, so one thing that I I played a lot of was the billards. I loved yeah. doing the. It was nine ball. It wasn't it wasn't the full pool, um, billards set up, but it was the nine ball, and it was a lot of fun to play. Like I don't know why, but I just absolutely love like quirky ways to play real worlds, like games and sports and stuff. Like I don't know. This was I was playing this around the same time as I was playing Tekken Tag Tournament two, and there was bowling in that. So your favorite, like, like you think of a fighting game and you take all those characters and you take them to a bowling alley and you start bowl- rolling <laughs> and stuff. So like that's something that they had in, in Super Monkey Ball where you were just, the, you were actually the ball and you were kind of yeah. rolling it down the lane uh, to, to hit the pins in the in the bowling part and and uh, also doing the billards. Um, it was cool. It was a really cool idea. Um, <laughs> It's so silly. Like I remember playing this with my sister the most. Um, and I think later I was able to play it on the GameCube screen, portable on the go. That was something I'd play with friends. Not as much as some of the others, um, but it was something that we enjoyed to break out every once in a while. Um, and I'd kick their butts on on billards. But uh, there was also a fighting mini game um, where you had like a a boxing glove. I want to say attached to the ball, and like you could like. Items would make the the boxing glove bigger or something, and you try to knock each other off of the off of the pedestal or something like that. I want to say, 
um, similar to that, there's a Mario Party game where you're rolling around on the balls trying to knock each other off of the the uh, uh, the pillar. Um, it's similar to that. Um, I don't remember much about what that was. That we another one that we didn't play as much. Um, we didn't do the targets very much, and we didn't do the fighting one as much. But I know we did bowling quite a bit, and then uh, also the billiards. So um, we didn't touch much on the multiplayer versions of the single player stuff. Um, I don't know. I just I don't think my sister had the patience for it, and mm-hmm. and I remember trying it when we were in the car because we we'd plug it in in the car and and. My mom had the coolest fan. It had an actual outlet in it um, that you could plug into. Um, and then they also had a um, the modulators or whatever. You plug into the cigarette outlet, and it turned your cigarette outlet into, like, a plug-in as well. It had, like, one or two plugs on it. It had its own fuse in it. Um, but, yeah, you just plug it in the cigarette lighter in your car, and it, and you have your, your, your wall plugs that like you have at home. Um, and we'd use that as mm-hmm. well <laughs> if we didn't have the van that had the plug-in to it. Um, but yeah, we'd play on that, that GameCube screen and we'd try to play in the car and trying to keep a steady go at rolling down the hill <laughs> and stuff while, while you're, you're hitting bumps and stuff on the road was was not easy. <laughs> yeah, this does not seem like the first game I would jump to when, <laughs> when playing in the car. <laughs> oh. If there was ever a game that required precision... With using that joystick, like this was, this would probably be it. The GameCube controller was made very well for that, and it worked mm. really well with it. But no, I wouldn't want to be like driving down the road and running into potholes and stuff. <laughs> oh, uh, did you? Maybe ever that's play... just in West Virginia. Uh, did you ever play much with a lot of friends, or was it just family? Um, thinking back, really, it was just family, just because where I didn't really own it, it was. Um, you know, with my, my parents being split, I was, it was mostly at my dad's house. So I'd play with like my sister, stepsister, stepbrother, my dad, um, and all of them there, and my stepmom even. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember. There might have been some friends and such that came over a couple times. But, but yeah, I mean, that was plenty, um, especially at the time to, to jump into a few things. Like I said, I remember a handful of those uh, mini games and monkey golf was another one I remember jumping into. Oh, yeah, on there. golf. I completely forgot about golf. So, yeah, there was a good handful of different things to do. And then the main game, of course, is the best part of it. But yeah, party mode was a good, uh, it was a good multiplayer one to jump into. And one that isn't as, um, trying to think of the right word, hardcore maybe, as mm-hmm. like Smash Brothers or something would be. It's kind of easy to figure out at least the concept of. It's really hard. I know this is probably oversaid, but the game itself is really easy to pick up, but it's hard to master, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. Um, especially later on, this game gets pretty darn tough. Yeah. And I know that some of the developers were worried that it was too tough, um, but because it was forgivable and it was all based on your skill, that it, it was just the right amount. Uh, it was kind of the perfect balance um, as far as difficulty and how well it scaled. I don't know. I think they did a really good job with this one. Um I don't know how well it hold up to today. Um, I know there's some cell phone versions of the game, but um, not a lot of console iterations of this at all. Um, I could see it working with some kind of tilt mechanic with the Switch, you know, with the motion controls or what what have you. Um, is there a monkey ball on the Switch? There is. I've got one. Um, okay. The only one on there is uh, Banana Blitz HD, which is the Wii game. 
but it's without motion controls. Um, That's a weird miss. <laughs> so it, I, I don't want motion controls in mm-hmm. Monkey Ball, really, okay. just because of how precise it is. Yeah. But, I mean, one, this is the only game on the Switch, unfortunately, the only Monkey Ball game, so I kind of went with it. But it's a little strange because it was made for the Wii, so the stages kind of compensate for you having to put up with motion controls and stuff. So at first, it's really easy. Like, and I feel like the levels aren't as interesting as in, like, one that we're talking about and two. Like, I, there was a lot of cool levels and different themes and stuff. Like, it's it's fun. Don't get me wrong. But it's, I don't know how to explain it. It doesn't feel as, like, it has as much character to it, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it, it has a jump button. Where, like, in the originals, it didn't have a jump button. Mm-hmm. And it, it wants to use that a lot. Like, I don't feel like that's what Monkey Ball was when it started. No, definitely not. And it's it's hard to really say, I, you know, it's bad because I do like it. I actually have a review coming out on it probably sometime this week. But it's it's good. I just feel like they could do more with the series at this point, um, especially knowing where they were with like this one and the second one. Um that were that were so solid, and now it's kind of like they don't really know what to do with it. I feel like the stage layout was kind of what looked like a uh, wooden block underside with like a green grassy look on the top. Uh, was it checkerboard, like two different two tone green on some parts? I don't recall. Parts of it was, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, and it kind of way- reminds me of like Sonic looks, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's Sega Team, so, you know, yeah. Sega Team worked on it, but, um, you know, you basically, you're going to give it more, like, detail to those who are listening who don't know what the game is like yet or don't grab that yet. Um, you you tilt the stage instead of the actual ball, really. Um, you're controlling the stage and how it tilts in a way. Um, that's how it felt to me, anyway. Um, and... Uh, you rolled along the surface um, down ramps and you had to, to kind of guide your monkey just right so that it didn't go over sides of cliffs and through holes and things like that. Um, think of like Sonic uh, running through a loop-to-loop or something like that. You had to hit the loop just right or you'd fall off or, or you had to like launch off a ramp and, and hit a certain goal Um instead of falling off into the abyss. Um, and in some ways, I kind of am reminded of also those challenge levels and um, and Super Mario Sunshine, the one where it took away the flood and it was just Mario doing, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> reform platforming. Uh, and, and, and that's kind of the, the difficulty scale as well, um, where as you as you play through those those Mario levels and, and Sunshine, like, they got really, really hard. And that's kind of the scaling they did for Monkey Ball. But... It, we weren't. You were kind of controlling the ball, but at the same time, it felt like you were tilting the world as well. Um, yeah, I don't remember it, any items or power-ups or anything in this game. I hear that there's items in multiplayer, but you collected bananas. Uh, you collected a certain amount of bananas. I want to say, was it 100, or was that a little too high? I can't remember in this one, honestly. Um, yeah, <laughs> you got me on that. I, I can't remember the exact number. I've been playing the Banana Blitz game and it's got me a little messed up but you know i never really got a crossover or i never felt like it was 
a Donkey Kong type theme. Like, you know, you got monkeys and you got bananas, but I never felt like it was stepping on any of Donkey Kong country nah. or anything. Not at all. It, it's just got its own unique character. Uh, more cutesy than anything. Uh, kind of like little baby-like monkeys. I don't know. Like Sanrio-type characters is what I'm thinking of. Like Hello Kitty and stuff like that. It's kind of their style. <laughs> sort of. Yeah, maybe not quite that <laughs> cute, maybe. I don't know what the word is for it. But one is a baby. Kawaii. So I guess there's that. <laughs> oh, but... Uh, you know, this game was really well well done for the GameCube. Um, I'm glad that they had the extra dev time. It was a port, so they were able to bring in that multiplayer and flesh out everything really well. Um, and it was its own standalone like games that you could play. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's what made it such a good game, especially early in the life of the GameCube. It was one of those ones that became cheap really easily. Like like really early, it became like twenty bucks if that. Um, and it dropped in price pretty quickly, and it was a lot of people. I'm sure a lot of people picked it up and played it, um, just just because it was one of the the bargain titles that you could grab because it was early early days with the GameCube. Um, you know, I'd I'd love to get into a Monkey Ball again, but I'd want them to do it right. Um, if you do like a Monkey Ball collection, I don't know if I'd get into that. Maybe. Um, maybe just to go back and play some of those multiplayer games. I, I, I'm not going to lie, I would do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think this, especially this first game and the second one, show that there's a lot they can do with this. Um, they did a lot with them in those first two games. I'm sure they could expand it a little better than what they've done mm-hmm. thus far. Um, and and is... I think a lot of people would love okay. to see it come back. It, it, it's been a good while. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't a 3D space. It's not like a 2D like Yoku's Island Express pinball experience. Um, but you could probably even pull off a pinball like version of the game uh, pretty easily, um, just how that it is. Um, and I don't know if there's any. They use very much of the pinball element in the first game. Um, I don't even know if I even played the se- the sequels or anything. This may have just been a one one off thing, and I just never went back to it. Um, but you know, did you see any pinball elements in the current one that you're playing? There's not now. Like I said in the in the current one, so to speak, the levels I don't feel like are quite as interesting. Again, it's fun, but it's not like in the original. I remember one stage was like in the desert, and there was like diners, you know, placed around the world there, and you could see monkey just like silhouettes, but people in there dancing. Um, there was one. I'm trying to remember how this one worked, but I remember vaguely one that had like a play button or like a fast forward button and a rewind button. And I think it moves some of the world around you and things like that. Hmm. Um, so they had all kinds of just crazy ideas. And, and again, it's, it was really cool to see what they could do with something so simple. Because, I mean, the, literally, like all you would do is move the ball around. Um, you know, you didn't jump or have an attack button or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um but they did a lot of cool stuff with it at the time. This game series doesn't really have a story. Did they ever introduce a story later on? Yeah. If it has yeah. one. It's very, very light in the first one. <laughs> yeah, from what I was reading up on the first one, because I was honestly, I was having to think back. I was like, I don't really remember much of a story to it. Apparently, the game has a story that's only told in the Japanese version. Okay. Um, so, for some reason, yeah, I we, thought... I know Gon Gon was made for this game or created for the multiplayer for this, but I always thought he was like some kind of bad guy or something. 
but I don't know. Maybe that's just because he's just a burlier looking monkey. I don't know. Or he just, yeah, he's he sticks out. I think he's a like. Well, that sounds kind of stupid saying it the way I was going <laughs> to, but I think he's part of some sort of gorilla group or something. Mm. I, I, I read. <laughs> I feel ridiculous talking about this one, but I I'd read up some on it a while back because I couldn't remember exactly you know the story parts of it if, even if there was one. But yeah, he he's he's different. I remember not picking him very much. Mm-hmm. Um, he was he was just big. I don't mm-hmm. know. He was heavy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um. Now, do you think that that was an actual thing? Like they the kid the weight of the character was taken into account? Like, was Baby really that small and it felt like you are flying over all over the place? Or did they use, like, a weighted mechanic with the monkeys? Do you know? I'm not 100% sure. I really want to go back and play this original one because I think they did, but I don't think it was as apparent as it is, like, in Banana Blitz HD, Mm -hmm. um, where they literally have stats, like, listed when you're going to select a character in that game. (laughs) In the original, I don't believe they did. Um, I think they were all a little bit different, but I don't remember it being quite as extreme as it is with that one. There was, I mean, this the first version was Monkey Ball for arcade. Then they brought Super Monkey Ball ported to the the GameCube, and then they ported a uh, a um, Super Monkey Ball Deluxe. I want to say it was. Yeah. Um, they, they ported or they brought that one to other systems, and they they stripped out the dull banana part. So obviously they got in trouble there and had to remove it. Um, See, like, I never knew that. I, th- I thought they had permission for the Dole thing. Um, when I heard they had licensing issues when they they reissued it and they had to remove that out of it. Okay. Did, didn't they get Chiquita? Or, I, I'm pretty sure I said that wrong. But then they, I think they got another brand at some point even in one of the games. I can't remember which one. It's possible. Um, Chiquita could have been that. Um, but I always remember the Dole. Um, yeah, me too. Dole Bananas. And I, I personally like when we're talking about bananas, but I think Chiquita over over Dole. But um, <laughs> I think when I think of Dole, I think of like pineapple juice <laughs> or pineapples. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's a weird like random branding on bananas they put in there. And uh, I don't know. I would if I was Dole, I'd be flattered that I'd be put in a video game. But you know, there's. What have what have you like? Maybe they wanted to make some money off of it, and because they didn't, they wanted it taken out. Who knows? You know how business yeah. works. <laughs> um, but Sega did a really good job with this. Um, I'd like to see future iterations of the game. Um, there's a lot they can do with the formula. Um, if they go a story route, um, it had to be really light. You couldn't really take it seriously. I, I would say. Um, though, if in the right hands, they probably could make something really cool out of it. I most see it, most likely see it going more of a pinball direction, um, like a 3D Yoku's Island um, adventure, but uh, but you know with the monkeys and what have you in the 3D space. That'd be kind of interesting. Um, I could see it more grandiose. Uh, this is a very like bare bones, basic arcade game um, at its core, and then they added on the multiplayer after that. So. Yeah, it's definitely, um, it definitely shows its roots as an arcade game. It, it, even like with the, the one I'm playing more now, it, it feels very arcadey. It's very quick. You know, you can sit down and play a couple levels or play through a world or so and be done with it for 
you know, in, in 10 minutes time and then go back later or whatever. Um, so there's not a whole lot of like cut scenes and things like that. Um, now, like in, in this original one, there wasn't, but in, I, not to talk about the Banana Blitz HD, I guess too much, but since it is on Switch, um, it has bosses in it as well. Wow, um, weird. But I don't feel like they're all that great. They're just kind of there. You're you're um, fighting them or you're racing them? No, you're fighting them. You're in usually like a little arena, and they have a pretty obvious weak spot. But they're a little clunky where I feel like some of them I start losing a bunch of lives. And it just feels like for goofy reasons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'll bounce off of something, and it'll mm-hmm. just launch me really far the opposite direction. Yeah, physics issues. Yeah, it gets a little bit weird. Um, so they're not like my. Fa- it the sound of it. It sounds like a cool idea, but I don't know if they. I don't know if I can say they pulled it off wonderfully. It's not it's executed not, well, is what it sounded like. Yeah, yeah, it's not terrible, but it's it's there. In um, the right hands, it could be pretty cool. Um, but you know, it, it sounds like they got away from the. You know, it gets progressively difficult, but it's your own skill that's put put up to it and if you you failed it's because you, you messed up on something not because it was unfair but it sounds like they've gotten away from that and things can get get kind of unfair with the physics system and everything yeah and from what i've heard actually they were wanting to bring the original i don't know if it was like the original and two or how they were going to do it but they, i know they were wanting to bring the original um to like the switch as an hd version and the other consoles mm-hmm. but it was easier to remake Banana Blitz, apparently, or to, to upgrade that one. Hmm. Um, it, it, it cost them less resources, mm-hmm. so they wanted to go with that and see how that sold. Um, I don't know if that's the best idea, considering it's not yeah. the fan favorite one. You know, I, I think I will throw them a banana if they do bring it to Switch and purchase it, though. Yeah, oh yeah, if, if, if they... I'm not saying you shouldn't, or I'm not saying you should completely avoid uh, Banana Blitz HD. I know it's not everyone's favorite, but I think it's good fun. But yeah, if they if they bring the original, especially if it's like a collection of the original one too, I would definitely pick that up. Um, Because there, like I said, there's not really anything else that I think compares to it. It's good fun. It's um, heck, even this one's been a good one. Just sort of in between games. To sit mm-hmm. down with. Did they miss the the multiplayer in this one? Did they skip out on that? No, it has um it has a party mode. In the original Wii version, uh, there was like fifty mini games, I think. Oh yeah. But most of them relied on motion controls. Oh, uh, they from what most of them. Yeah, and from what I've heard, I've never played the Wii version of it. Um, from what I've heard, a lot of them weren't very good. Um, I think I remember them. Someone saying that. They had a lot of fun with the mini games, but because they took all the, their favorites out, that it huh. was not really worth buying. Supposedly, this one was like the best, the ten best, according to them. But okay. um, so there, there's only ten of them now. But I think they're fine. <laughs> we've, I, I mean, we've had a couple friends over, and we honestly sat down with them for a little while. Um, I, I'll say, like, we, we got this and the Olympics games on sale. Like, there was a recent Sega sale. Mm-hmm. And we had picked up Monkey Ball first. When we got the Olympics, you know, it's a big mini game collection. Basically, we started playing those to the point that I don't see as big as a reason to go back to the mini games in this, because mm-hmm. um, they're kind of simple, and some are obviously a little better than others, but they're not too bad. They're fine to have there. 
Um, yeah. I want to say I want to say that um, is it A A I I I I yeah I I I want to say that he appeared and he was on the cover of one of the like Sega All Stars or something like oh yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like he the... was in was he in a racing game or something or did they use him in other other IPs Sega like collections or anything? I know he was in Sega and all uh, Sega and All Stars whatever it was called I had them all but <laughs> Sonic and Sega All Stars Racing that was the um, Wii one right? Yeah, it was on the Wii and the other you know systems at the time and he was in it um, and he was also in Transformed uh, Sega All Stars Racing Transformed on the wii u and all the consoles at that time that game by the way is is really good um, was he a background character was he an actual racer or how did they use him in that no uh, he was a racer and so was mimi huh. interesting and i think mimi was in both of them as well if i remember right hmm. <laughs> well if you ever get the uh the itch to play a uh a monkey in a hamster ball game this is the game for you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you if you have a GameCube or um, I'm trying to think of any other way you can even play this, there is that collection um, well, for PS2, I think. If you're Donnie Reese, you can hack your Wii U, which I don't suggest you do. <laughs> but <laughs> apparently, his can play GameCube games. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd, if if you are looking for like you know some good old games and you got a GameCube, I would definitely recommend this without a doubt. Um, mm-hmm. It's definitely something fun and unique, but yeah. Awesome. Well, I think that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, Guys, we hope you've enjoyed this little chat about the awesome Super Monkey Ball game. This was episode 166. You can find the show at nintendovillage.com slash Nintendo Nostalgia on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. You can find us on Facebook at Nintendo NOS, on our Twitter at Nintendo underscore NOS, on our Instagram at Nintendo NOSIN. Shoot us an email at NintendoNostalgiaIN at gmail.com. And you can always give us a call on the hotline at 317-969-5690. Guys, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Later, Preston. See you later. <laughs>